0: everyone doing hey so while they're setting this up this is just because I tend to spit when I speak and sing so this is just to protect you guys to protect the carpet we just got the carpet cleaned and we want to make sure it stays that way thank you Jeremiah I appreciate you thank you Julian thank you worship team thank you excel thank you pastor Izzy for giving me the opportunity and the honor to speak tonight we are in our habits series thank you R for sticking around and um, in this series, I have the privilege of presenting to you the letter S in the word habits, and that stands for sacraments. Everyone say sacraments. It's where we get the city Sacramento. Actually, I don't know if that's true or not, so don't, don't quote me on that. Hey, but before we get into the word, I do want to let you guys know, some of you guys, yesterday was Valentine's Day. Might have been, okay. If you, if you cheer, that means that... I, you had a good Valentine's Day, and the rest of you probably was a hard day for you. And that's okay. That's okay. So I brought with me something really, really special. Uh, it's, it's this little picnic. I don't know if you want to call it a blanket or whatnot. But it's not magical. It's not magical. But I will say that it is the secret to finding love. And, and here's, here's how it works. Whoa, don't, we can't step on it at the same time because then he'll fall in love with me. If you find, or whatever, if you got a crush, after the service, we'll leave it up for you guys after the service. Bring your crush. Have a seat here. I, I guarantee you that you guys will get together. And as proof of that, I have this photo from way back when. There you go. It, it's it's 100%, 100% accurate. Don't mind me. I don't know what I was doing. 100% accurate. So, again, if, you have your, if your crush is here and you want to have a seat, not, not, you, know, you don't got to touch each other. You just, just sit down, and you'll be dating in a couple months, all right? All right, so sacraments. Sacraments, please don't leave that photo up. Thank you, Kevin. (laughs) Sacraments. What is a sacrament? A sacrament is a practice that Christ instituted himself that we as believers follow to this day. All right, what does that mean? It, It just means this. It's something that Christ did that we see Christ do in the Bible that as believers we also now follow. And two of the main Sacraments that we observe are baptism. If you don't know what baptism is, baptism is, we have those baptism Sundays where you confess that you believe in the Lord and we submerge you or immerse you in water. You come up, you're a little cold or whatnot, you give a testimony. That's baptism. We see, we see the Lord Jesus do that in the Bible. And then we come to what we're going to talk about tonight, and that is communion. Communion is when we observe and remember the death and resurrection of Jesus. Everyone say communion. communion. One more time. Communion. communion. All right. So we're going to be in Matthew chapter 26, verse 26 and 28 through 28 in the NIV. It says this, while they were eating Jesus, right? Jesus practiced it. Jesus demonstrated communion. It says, Jesus took the bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body. 27. Then he took a cup. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. So, pop quiz. The bread represents the? Body. And the cup represents the? So if I say bread, if I say bread, cup, bread, cup, bread, cup, cup. uh, That's something you have to think about. You have to think about it. That's okay. You have to think about it. It's all good. It's all good. All right. The bread, and we're going to take communion a little bit later. The bread represents the body of Jesus and the cup. Represents his blood that was poured out for us. Luke chapter 22 verse 19 says this. Do this in remembrance of me. Jesus says when you take the body, when you take the, the, the blood, right? When you take the, the, the bread and the cup, you're, you're doing it. We're doing it to remember what he did on the cross. Now, we cannot fully understand or we cannot fully, uh, we cannot fully understand what communion is or what we're doing when we're taking communion without having some understanding of the work of the cross. We have to realize that without the cross, we're, we're just sinners, right? And, and with our sin, if here is the doorway to heaven and, and we come in with sin, we cannot enter through. We cannot be part of God's family when we are living in sin. Everyone follow so far? My mom has a rule. Filipino moms, you come to the house. What do you got to do? You better take off your shoes. You better do it. You cannot, you cannot get past that door. You cannot get into the sala or the living room. The, the, the shoes, the, the zapatos, the chanclas, the chinelas, they, they got to stay. They got to, they, they gotta, before the entry point, they got to be here. When you remove that, now you can come. Get it? Okay, so you can't get to heaven, you can't you can't become a Christian until Jesus first comes and removes the sin in your life. And here's why. This is why the cross is necessary, and I'll run through these points really, really quickly. Number one, sin and God cannot coexist. God is holy, our sin makes us unholy. Our sin now is a barrier to the presence of God. Okay, once this shirt, I think, it's, I think it's clean. I think it's kind of spotless. I, I hope I did my laundry. As, as soon as there's a spot on it, it's no longer clean. Okay, we need to be made clean in order to enter the presence of God because sin and God cannot coexist. Number two, a sacrifice was needed to cleanse us from our sin. We can't do it on our own. You might be able to show up to my mom's house and, and take your shoes off on your own, but you cannot remove the sin that is in your heart. You and I, doesn't matter what you sing. It doesn't matter what you memorize. It doesn't matter how many times you come to Excel or on a Sunday morning. You cannot remove the sin in your life. Only God can do that. And what I love about this, and we were singing about this earlier, Romans chapter five, verse eight says this, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this while we were sinners. I want you to look at that again. While we were sinners, Christ died for us. We were just thinking about being prodigals, right? In that song. And what was the line that comes after? I was once a prodigal, Burdened by my shame. Until what? Until what? Until he came running. We couldn't do it on our own. We cannot become spotless on our own. He did not wait for us to become clean. He ran to us. While we... This is this is the difference between the way that God forgives and the way that we forgive. Because we wait for the other person that offended us. We wait for that person to get it right. We wait for them to treat us well before we say, okay, I forgive you. And God said, no, I'm going to send my son, Jesus to die on the cross for you while you are in your sin. Number three, Jesus Christ is the perfect sacrifice because he was without sin. In the old Testament, you had to make an animal sacrifice in order to receive forgiveness. But just like what I was talking about earlier, the animals had to be spotless or they had to be without defect. This is why you and I could never be the sacrifice for our sins, because we are defected. Turn to someone and say, you're defected. Come on, tell them, tell them it's the truth. Don't be offended. Tell them you're busted. You're ratchet. That's what it is. That's just what it is, guys. I just learned what busted was like a week ago, so I had to throw that in there. That's why Jesus came as a spotless lamb. Number four, if I could get my helpers here. Number four, Jesus didn't just remove our sin. He became our sin. He didn't just remove our sin. He became our sin. Look at this in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. It says, God made him who had no sin, right? Because Jesus spotless before he took the cross. He's spotless. Let's put it right over here because I really want to keep my job and I don't want to get this carpet dirty, so I'll give you guys some room. Okay? Alright, perfect. Perfect. Just come right over here and then you guys can just line up in order. I think I had Julian first. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us So that in him, we might become the righteousness of God. So here's this, here's this ketchup. It's going to represent sin. Julian's going to come up. He's first up. Julian, you're going to just, just a little bit, take a little bit in your hands. Okay. All right. How's that ketchup? Is it good? It's cold. Don't, don't, don't go in here. Don't go. Just keep it over the table. Okay. So, so here's what, here's what Jesus does, right? He, he takes the sin, right? I'm going to give this to you because, okay. He takes the sin, goes back in here, right? Oh, okay. A little salt on you. You're sweating earlier. Can taste it off the. Okay. That's not just what Jesus did, though. Go ahead and grab some more. He, he takes the sin. You guys, when you come up, just grab a paper towel. Bible says, He became sin. For the sins of the world, not just Julian's sins, he took the sin, he put it on himself. What was once spotless was now spotted. What was once without defect was now defected. That's the love that Jesus demonstrated for you and for me. The Bible says that he was humiliated because he had all power to stop everything. He didn't have to do it. He just, he just did it for love. Look John chapter 15, verse 13. It says, greater love has no one than this than to lay down one's life for his friends. Can I tell you something? If you were sick, if you had a cold, if you had a a disease, I love you enough to get on my knees and pray for you. And I know your leaders love you enough to get on their knees and pray for you. I don't love you enough to say, Lord, if the only way for them to be whole, is for me to take that cold. If the only way for, for you to be without that disease is for me to take it upon myself. And you know what? I, I was teaching at an after-school program one time, and one of the kids said, well, if God loves us so much, why didn't God just die on the cross for us? Why did he have his son do it? Can I tell you something? I would much rather take that disease before I let Kayla take it. You get what I'm saying? That it actually. Would pain me more. Hurt me more. If I had to watch my child suffer. Versus me. Suffering. I want you to. Take. 30 seconds. Maybe maybe 60 seconds. I want you to think about. Your three worst sins. Just. Your three worst sins. You don't have to write it down. Some of you guys, you already got it. You already know. I know. I know there's, there's something I did when I was in high school that I don't know if I'll ever talk about in public. Your three worst sins. And as you're thinking about that, I want to tell you a story. One time, a long time ago, it was probably about 2021, I received a free car. It was a used car, but it was free. So as a poor person, i was going to take it. It was a fast car. And I remember one time we were, we were leaving church. We used to do a, a 10 p.m. to 12 a.m. worship set every Friday night, some young adults. And we would go, man, we would just go for it in those two hours. And after the set was over, I took my friend home. I had two other friends in the car with me, and as I'm driving back to church, I'm going at least 100 miles an hour, easily, easily. I'm in the fourth lane. My exit is Belmont. I'm coming down 94, going, you know, towards O'Hare. I missed my Belmont exit, and I'm thinking, man, I missed it. I got to get off here on Addison. That's the next one. And so I just, from that fourth lane, at about 100 miles an hour, I go all the way, and I exit. And as soon as I exit, I, there's this car behind me. I'm like, man, this car is really like, This car is, like, up my butt. And as soon as I turn down Addison, the lights go off, right? And I go, oh, crud. So he, he pulls me over. He looks in our car. It's, it's me, and I'm pretty clean cut, but I got a, a buddy of mine. He's got a choker with spikes, and he's our electric, our, our electric guitar player. He's got long hair. I got another guy in the backseat. He he had just gotten saved. He had just given up drugs. So he looks like he's strung out. He's got super long hair too. And the cop says, where are you going? And I go, going to church. (laughs) He didn't believe me. He said, how fast were you going? I said, I was going probably about 100 miles an hour. He said, I clocked you at 90. I said, I should have went with that. Just, Just let the cop answer. It was, it was a state trooper. And so he gives me a number of tickets, reckless driving, speeding, um, following too closely. Because I guess when I made the lane change, I kind of sandwiched myself in between two cars. I'm actually kind of proud that I well, not, we shouldn't talk about that. Just just drive safe, guys. Be safe. Be safe. And, and then he sets up a court date. And if you guys don't know this, if you get pulled over by CPD, most times they don't show up. I think maybe all times, like they, every time they, they, they don't show up to court. But state troopers do. So a couple months later, I'm, I'm poor, I'm broke, I'm, I'm sitting there, or I'm standing there in the courtroom before the judge, and he's listing off what I did wrong. And he asks me this question, he says, what do you do? And at that time, I worked for the church, I was making about less than 500 bucks a month, and we called ourselves intercessory missionaries, which is we, just, we prayed a lot, we did mission trips, we did outreaches, and so I said, I'm, "I'm a missionary." He he looked at me. He said, "You're free to go." Was I guilty? Yeah. Did I make a dumb mistake? Yeah. And and there on the other side was that officer. And here's what here's what the blood of Jesus does, guys. When you look. And you you review, like, these are the, the three dumbest things I've ever done. These are the three biggest sins in my life. These are the three biggest struggles. God sees that same list through the blood of Jesus when you receive forgiveness. And he sees your third worst sin, and he sees forgiven. And he looks at your second worst sin, and he says, forgiven. And he looks at your first Your worst sin that maybe you'll never confess to anybody. And he says, you're forgiven. And if God can forgive your worst sins, he can forgive all your sins. Jesus will take all of your sins, past, present, future, upon himself. So that you can pass through and be part of the family of God. But every sin must be confessed before forgiveness is received. First John 1 John 1.9 says, if we confess our sins, if we confess, if we confess, you have to confess, he is faithful and just, and will forgive us our sins, and purify us from all unrighteousness. Can I tell you something, guys? So, this is just a side note. Sometimes we have such a hard time forgiving ourselves, for the things that Christ already forgave us for. You, you gotta learn to let it go. So that you can enter into his presence. We're gonna take communion in just a little bit, but before we do, communion is reserved reserved for those who believe. So before we take communion, I wanna give us an opportunity. If there's anyone here who does not know Jesus, who has not accepted Jesus into their hearts, you say, Pastor, I've never confessed my sins, I've never received forgiveness, I wanna be forgiven. So that I can be part of God's family. I'm going to ask you if you can just bow your heads and close your eyes for just a second here. Romans chapter 10 verse 9 says, If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So just, I've seen a lot of your faces before. But just in case, is there anyone tonight that says, I want to receive forgiveness and I want to be part of God's family? If that's you, just on the count of three, would you raise your hand? One, two, three. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Okay, so here's what we're going to do. Excel, can we pray this together? And I'm just going to ask you, if you raise your hand, I, wanna, I want you to repeat after me and pray this with me. Say, Dear God, thank you for sending Jesus to die for my sins. I am a sinner, but I receive your forgiveness. I confess that Jesus is Lord. Thank you for accepting me into your family. Help me now to live for you. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, you're not part of the family. It's that simple. Whatever you did, doesn't matter. You're forgiven. And at the end of the service, one of our leaders will come find you and just walk you through some of the, the next steps to take. And so under your seat now, we're going to say communion under your seat. We gave you two because we're feeling really generous tonight because we increased our budget. Some of you leaders got jobs and your tithing and thank you. Could you do me a favor? Can you open this for me? Because it's too much pressure for me to do it on my own. So we're going to take communion, and I want you to understand what a sacred act we're about to do, okay? Something that has been done for 2,000 years in the church. We are remembering the body, which is this bread, and we are remembering Christ's blood poured out for us on the cross, which is this cup. We gave you two because I want you to take one home so that at any point in the next couple weeks or so, if you want to do it, you can do it on your own. You don't need a pastor to lead you in communion. You just need faith. So if you take this bread, before you eat it, if you ate already, it's okay. still counts. But if you didn't, Okay, just hold it. I'm going to say a prayer. Father, I thank you so much for the body of your son, Jesus, that was broken on the cross so that our bodies could be made whole. What a beautiful exchange. Perhaps the most lopsided trade in the history of the world, but we accept and we take this bread. Now, if you'll hold the cup. Father, we thank you for the blood of your son, Jesus, that was poured out from his body. We receive it into our lives, into our hearts, so that we may be made clean by you and you alone. Take and drink. my heart through the eyes of your mercy in light of your song, You will love me with all in arms And the pride of well, Can we sing that a few more times? You see. And you Through the eyes of your mercy, and you love me with open arms and the pride of a father. Come on, one more time, and we'll close in prayer. You see? Lord, I pray for every student, every leader in this room. Help us, Lord, to humbly receive the gift that you've given us, to humbly receive your forgiveness, your cleansing power. Help us, Lord, to, with that, forgive ourselves, and then in turn to forgive others so that we may walk in unity not just with you, but that we may walk in unity with one another. And now, Lord, as they depart into small groups, I pray that your spirit would be with them in every conversation, and every word, Lord. Help us to grow in the knowledge of you. In Jesus' name, and we all say Amen. 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 All right, Excel.